2: During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone.
1: It was as though this plan had been with him all his life, pondered through the seasons. Now, in his 15th year, crystallized with the pain of puberty. I'm a new friend. Real or imaginary? Imaginary. Wake When's this gonna stop? You should already know that.
2: Hello, listeners. Welcome back to 31 for 31, a podcast series where we examine what really makes a Halloween movie, and we keep you in the spirit all month long. I am Chris Boniello along with my co-hosts
1: Jamie Lansdowne
2: and I'm Cody Mason and this week we are going to be diving deep or maybe shallow into Richard Kelly's 2001 kind of cult classic kind of hit kind of I don't know when you decided to watch it at home with your friend's older brother movie Donnie Darko
0: Oh, we're far from the from the shallows now Chris (laughs)
1: We are deep down the rabbit hole on this one. This movie's deep. Oh, yeah.
0: No, I I think my first reaction is exactly that, Chris, just looking back and being like, when my older brother showed me this movie, the profundity I thought it had (laughs) has kind of withered, but a lot of the charm is still there. Exactly. Definitely was a good (laughs) rewatch.
1: Tangent universe? Yeah. (laughs) The thing about this film for me is that I very vividly remember my cousin talking about it. I was at my grandmother's house and him being like, guys, it was just one of those conversations where he just had to get it off his chest. I was like 11 years old. Evangelical. Yeah, Yeah. so when he he was saying like, I went to the video store and I asked for a recommendation and the video store guy said, watch Donnie Darko, it will change your life. It's about time travel and there's like a giant bunny rabbit and my 11-year-old mind was like, I need to see this movie at some point. It's
0: forbidden knowledge. <laughs> and I, yeah, it was like,
1: it was like forbidden knowledge. And I remember like almost not even thinking it was actually real until seeing it at the video store. Like I just like walked past it, almost like did a double take because I saw like the bunny rabbit head and oh, I was like, great design. Oh, great design. I mean, and we'll we'll talk about Frank the rabbit a lot, I'm sure. But then I think we've all had that similar stories about seeing it very young and then maybe seeing it when you're a little older and being like, maybe some of the shine is worn off and then maybe revisiting it this time. And I still like it, but I definitely look at it very differently from when I was younger. And I think it,
2: it, it totally changes with you when you've watched it. And on the most recent watch, as someone who's now worked in the film industry for over a decade, I was more just impressed with a lot of the technical aspects of the filmmaking and the edit choices and, and some of the music choices and design choices and I'm now looking at it I think with even rosier colored glasses because I'm like that is actually a pretty hard shot to pull off that probably took a lot of work to rehearse and get through all that and do all those speed ramps and now I'm going to give them a little bit of break on some of the questionable story elements because they pulled that shot off and I like that
0: yeah there's a lot of technical maturity I'd say for like this was a 25 year old kid at his oldest, making this movie, and that's, I definitely forgive some of the like, back of the napkin philosophy. Oh yeah, I remember that. Like, wow, this was crafted by someone like pretty fresh out of film. But simple. I will, so, I will
2: say, if you watch the director's cut, you can flip that napkin over, and then you can also use it to put a little chloroform on it and just knock yourself out because it just gives away <laughs> the entire thing. I skimmed back through it, and it is not worth going down that rabbit hole.
0: No, no, and we we will go briefly there. And
2: now, instead of going down the rabbit hole for a couple seconds, I'm going to make us rabbit backwards in time, I don't know, go back through the breadcrumbs to yesterday's Harry Potter, because I did do my tests.
0: Oh, hold on, everybody. Drum
1: roll. Tangent universe right here. Let's hear it.
2: So I will start off with, before I would have gotten to Hogwarts, I would have gone to... Ollivanders, and got my wand which would have been a willow wood with a dragon heartstring core 12 inch and quite bendy flexibility
0: pliable okay
2: and then i would ride the train to hogwarts and i would put on that sorting hat and i would find out that i am a hufflepuff
1: hey who called it <laughs> this guy. It's no shame, no shame. Hufflepuff, you know, Cedric Diggory. He was an underrated no, house. Honestly,
0: probably the best one, the best I one. feel like they get they get definitely
2: the least screen time from what I've seen, but uh from
0: Yeah, they have that whole musical that I of course ended up going to about that. <laughs> from this from this description, it sounds pretty right. Yeah.
2: And then And
0: uh what about the patronus thing?
2: My patronus is a asa cat. Ossie cat. Uh, I don't know. It's O C. Ocelot. No, it's O C I C A T. I looked it up. It's so it's basic. It's basically a. It's basically a domesticated home cat that looks wild but isn't oh um, there's something there yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're fully they're fully domesticated, so, yeah. about as fully profound as Donnie Darko.
2: but they resemble a wild cat but they have no wild DNA in their genes which kind of makes sense to me it's like yeah from the outside I want to look like tough or wild or all uh, these things but honestly like I just really want like a bowl of soup and to be honest because the they
0: look like an ocelot so they're an ocelot. yeah okay all right I'll allow it so it's better than my fucking hen or whatever i am
2: so So we'll use hermione's magic time travel thingy to travel forward in time and possibly interact with an airplane that is traveling forward in time to create a.
0: I just want to know if sparkle yeah to create a
2: possible tangent you know universe or whatever and we're it's going to bring us to october 2001 when richard kelly released donnie darko not a great time to release a movie um never forget but I will say that f- through word of mouth and all the strange things that happened with this film, it became a cult classic. And I think it's almost evolved beyond cult classic. It is just a movie people know and talk about. It's not... It's not. F- a fun one to bring up at a party to be like have you seen donnie darko that doesn't work anymore it's 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 gone past that now it's
0: that killed that killed
2: in 2003 <laughs> yeah. it used to I, be it used it's to, a little yeah. now like have you seen reservoir dogs and everyone's like well yeah yeah yeah, I have.
0: yeah it, it's ranked as like the second you know empire did a list and i think it's ranked as like the second greatest feat of Indie cinema of like the last whatever years or whatever behind Reservoir. I mean, so I feel like there's a certain that's the I think that's probably more of the clout it has now of just like a thing that willed itself to exist with such a point of view and like such a weird log line versus something that deserves to be weighed against all of film history as like one of its biggest profound moments.
1: I totally appreciate that it exposed, I think, probably all of us to a certain niche of filmmaking that we probably hadn't been exposed to at that point. You know, we hadn't like submerged ourselves at that age. And for a movie like this to come out, that it was in some ways like ahead of its time and maybe not like what it was saying, but how it was saying it. Well,
2: and I, I will say that it's just since it is the how it was saying it, it's done so technically well. It's one of the few dramatic Teen or overly dramatic emo teens kind of movie that just has I guess really structured shots and storytelling that works well with the cinematography and with the editing and I don't know how much of that is the editor's choice and the cinematographer I've heard stories that the cinematographer on set would get you know crazy demands from Richard Kelly but was always super friendly and just saying sure 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 and then kind of conceived some of these shots to what they could actually produce and I think at that age when we kind of all saw it in early high school, you you watch some classics, you're watching, you know, The Godfather, The Shining, other other things, and you're watching an older generation of even just actors and characters in these well-made films. And the, the movies that we're watching that are about kids our age at the time are, you know, American Pie and just this takes the kids a little bit too seriously but at least takes them seriously enough to give them some good shots and good music drops and good editing
0: hey and jamie and i are going to relate to any of the jesuit high school imagery <laughs> to really cement <laughs> yeah, for the sure. self-importance of not only high school catholic high school teachers but high school students as well in terms of truly changing the world with the short story that they're reading yeah. like drew barrymore has here drew barrymore tough i know she was the reason this movie existed she's the reason they got funding but she just kind of you know came in and said i'm gonna do whatever i want because i'm paying for this bad boy and it's pretty but it's pretty bad i think
2: i think she thought she was a high school yeah I, too. I
0: she she has some creepy lines about sitting next to the boy you think is cutest and I. Think that was I, the
1: weirdest i totally forgot about that i read
0: that as cool teacher probably when i was that age now i'm reading it like oh boy
2: <laughs> now i'm wondering if since that all takes place in the tangent universe is donnie a untrustworthy narrator and so we're seeing his his world that he's building
0: i think he's reliable i think she's just a creep but the nice news is there's going to be an empty desk for her to sit at and uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> r.i.p donnie
1: that is so weird why don't or i must have blocked it out because it just it stuck out to me as like no wonder she was fired. It wasn't because she was teaching grammar. <laughs> I mean, yes, honestly, she, honestly,
2: though, if I was a fucking high school teacher right now and had to deal with all this bullshit, I'd probably have some fun, too.
0: <laughs> well, I think that the what really read true to me was, like, Noah Wiles' cool physics teacher yeah. was like, I know that teacher. That's the cool teacher that's sneaky, you know, gonna talk to you about atheism and stuff. He just happens but to then, have
2: Roberta Sparrow's book in his bag every day. Yeah, why not, why not, why <laughs> not? And,
0: you know, he's got it going on. And, but I think that Drew Barrymore was probably raised by maids and was like, "This is this is what I perceive cool teachers to be." And it's like, you've never been (laughs) in a position to ever be treated like a real child. (laughs) Like that's not, (laughs) you don't know this experience. Uh, No slag, Drew Barrymore. You did you did a fine enough job. Thanks for this movie.
2: All right, to bring this back, I will say, overall, I really liked it. I enjoyed this film. I had a feeling it was going to be more intense teen overly dramatic emo stuff than I remembered but that was kind of how I was as a teen I was into all of that anyways and I think it pulls it off it's fun it's a little overdone but it kind of works you you get sucked in I enjoyed it I really respected the technical aspects this time realizing that how young he was when I watched it the first time at I don't know 11 or 12 Uh, I, I didn't care that you know you flipped the camera and did some speed ramps like now I'm like oh shit they did this on film that was That was a lot of work and everyone's given pretty solid performances other than now we're saying Drew Barrymore, but, but I will say Mary McDonald on this re rewatch stood out the most for me. Mary McDonald was who plays Donnie's mother is just great. And I, I, I never connected to her watching this in high school for the first time, but now I feel like i connected to her the most as oh you can
0: only read this through the parents yeah as
2: someone and as someone who's grown up in the suburbs like that you're just like yeah that must be what it like like i'm on the path to that and then you're wondering like shit, is this it? And I can't understand like why my kid hates everything I've worked so hard to build this perfect life for them.
0: Just sloshing back the reddest
1: red wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that you mentioned her, because she's great in this.
0: She's tying this whole movie together.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering if this was something to do with the casting director or Richard Kelly's foresight, but it's just... This cast works together so well, and I think on this rewatch for me, that's really what I liked the most. The story is fun. It's fine. It's it's the type of script I'm sure I would write and think was amazing and then watch it, and I'm like, uh, I guess it doesn't always kind of work out, but I could see where you're coming from when you're 25, and at least it wasn't all a dream at the end, which is what you normally make at 25, so I'll give him that, but he got great performances out of everyone.
0: I'm just going to throw it out there. All time. Reagan dad from Holmes Osborne <laughs> as Mr. Darko. I, I think like as much as the emotional weight gets put on Donnie's mom, I think a lot of the humanizing of this family as a unit that works together surprisingly isn't coming from his actual real life sister, Maggie Hall, but coming yeah. from his dad in try- in terms of just like having just peak dad moments throughout this.
2: <laughs> the dad like, you know, the scene in the car, he totally cannot connect to him when he's They're joking about how they can't talk about the engine that doesn't exist. But then he has this moment and snaps back and says, But you know, you could tell your therapist because and you you see this vulnerability in him that I have no idea how to deal with whatever is going inside this kid. But like I've got this big house and all these other problems that I'm trying to take care of, and like I just want to at least be here though, which is is nice. He he understands that he doesn't know
0: enough and he's at least trying. And none Yeah, like not like the least ammunition to be angsty yeah in this i mean they're not voting for dukakis so screw them but like <laughs> you know i think they are just like almost saintly parents which almost kind of drives against it a little bit a lot of the characters are literally called the antichrist and then they are the antichrist you know but i you know and the bully the bullies are murderers and seth rogan you know so i i think that is a result of and racist it, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, that that's an area that we could dive into a little bit, too, because that's, that's aged even poorer than it was at the time. But I think a lot of the characters are just stand-ins for yeah. true archetypical examples of things, which, you know, is a maturity yeah. in writing kind of
2: Not thing. to go too far down that tangent of that stuff not aging well, but I do have a bit of an issue with the idea that it doesn't age well because kids are shitty. And like, especially teenage boys are shitty. Where I'm, I'm worried that future films or films people make, like, we can't make teenage boys as shitty as they actually are, because it it is racist. But I, I believe that kids like that would be that shitty.
0: Yeah. No. No. I think like it's all about how you structure it, and it's about how you can like flush out those characters later. And I think like Donnie's two best friends are just like horrible racist, like, we would call them Trumpy nonsense people, MAGA people now. and Look at their
2: beautiful houses.
0: Exactly. They're calling people horrible names. They're being super racist. And, like, at times, they then go from that to waxing goofy poetic about, you smurfs. know... Sexy smurfs <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's just, like, they're played more as comic relief. Yeah. Played more as, like, ah, oh, you know, these scamps when they, you know... Get, and yeah. it's like, You know, they're... As opposed to what I think will happen... You yeah, know, on the.
1: Rebound. I mean, uh, yeah a twenty like, a
2: twenty four five year old does write kind of one dimensional characters. I am finding.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's proud. well. The romance between Donnie and Gretchen just com- fell completely flat for me, which I don't. I didn't remember. Yeah, I
0: was really trying to think. Like, was there were there deleted scenes between the first and nineteenth date where they're supposed to have a relationship that works? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it kind of like jumps. I mean, he basically asked her out on the first time they're meeting yeah like walking home and then she's like okay Uh, after telling him that his mom was stabbed by her father yeah it just felt like yeah it was just like they just did not for me like the chemistry between them was never really near
0: accosted by bullies and for him to also near murder
1: (laughs) yeah and then for him to also be shooken up enough about her death to kill frank although i don't know if that was because like frank needed to die to go back in time i think
0: that was a neat like this all everything is everything
1: man kind of moment yeah and um i mean there's so many questions about what the hell this movie is about and i understand i haven't watched the director's cut and i'm almost afraid to as much as i kind of want to know these answers to the narrative don't i also feel like i think part of the you can watch the director's cut
2: if you literally just like reading what's happening (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do a Wikipedia dive, which would be more productive. But I mean, yeah, yeah my if wife you do the out, work.
2: It's more fun.
0: My wife walked out and saw like the last scribbles of Frank's face as before the credits rolled and was like, oh, I saw that. What's that movie about again? And I tried to wrap it up in like three or four sentences. And I was like, kid dodges an aircraft carrier, gets thrown into an alternate universe, has prophecies about how he has to save that universe. Might be a superhero so by resolving Yeah, has superheroes with powers within that universe and a bunch of prophets that are the people that die in that alternative universe. And he just kind of chooses to go back and die in the Alpha universe so that the world can continue to exist. And none of those pieces of information are anywhere in the text of the theatrical release of this movie and they're <laughs> all and of they're that also very like crucial stuff that i described elements. the movie yeah none of those are plot none of those are anything related to what you would be given on screen it's just all stuff that's extra textual director's cut stuff that i just told her if you watch the the normal cut it's just vibes <laughs> like yeah. it's just like oh okay i can kind of see how like everything's yeah. connected man and going off going
2: off the vibe of the movie was why i thought it made a really good halloween movie i remember watching this for the first time at a friend's like i guess at a friend's house and his older brother had rented it and that's kind of the experience i feel like most people have with this movie especially our generation it didn't last in theaters we were too young to see it i wouldn't have picked to see it in theaters anyways it was more of a hey my brother has Donnie Darko and in my mind it was going to be this crazy horror movie or some thriller or some just complete mind fuck that was going to be you know Cannibal Holocaust or one of those where you're just like oh you can't watch this at home like with other you got to be sneaky and set up a screening and then you watch it and you're 11 or 12 and you're like that was dark and moody and blew my mind and was so intense. He called his mom a bitch. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Whoa.
2: And I remember watching it, you know, around the Halloween season. And it just, it feels like a good movie for the mood setting. It literally takes place in October and then on Halloween. And there and is
0: literally a countdown to Halloween. Yeah. So, you know, the... we're into it as a podcast.
2: And it just filled with an amazing playlist of music as well yeah
1: oh period piece said 1988 which when it came out it wasn't that far removed from that but it is like meant to be like a period piece of the 80s um, yeah
0: and they just picked whatever songs they like from the 80s because they're like 82 84 whatever i'm picking the best playlist well
2: don't watch the director's cut where the music is different yeah
0: i definitely would yeah if you're taking killing moon out of there at any point it's slapping it's,
2: your it's in there but it is way later and they so the the opening scene is completely different and you're just like whoa okay yeah
0: that tears for fears going from the bus stop to go around the school you're seeing dumb stuff but you're vibing with it because it's just so well put together in terms of the beats like a music video but the characterization's a little off
1: This might be the first movie I recall having the slowed down pop song, which has just gone rampant. Mad World. Yeah. That song in itself has been in like a million things now, but this is it's in like promos for
0: Gears of War 5. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like that's the kind of thing that, you know, in that moment in 2001, you see that and you're like, wow, okay. That is a nice pronounced creative choice that is really vibing with the scene where everybody's waking up in an alternative universe and having dreams about what Donnie did for them in another universe. And it's that's kind of profound. That works. Now, if you watch that and you had no context into kind of that being the first of many moments like that, you would just be like, oh, this is kind of played for camp. This is just dumb. But, you know, I I think a lot of moments like that hit me throughout this that are like, this isn't as hackneyed as it comes across, I need to remember that as much as I think of this movie as kind of being modern or kind of being like, not necessarily a a classic from 20 years ago. It's 20 years ago now.
1: I like I have to remember that a little helpful. But
0: you know, we're getting we're getting old, we're
1: kind of taking some shots at it. But I think this movie has a certain magic to it and a draw about it. I mean, it is literally 20 years after it's come out, and we're still talking about it as much as maybe it's aged poorly in some areas. Yeah.
0: And I think it's just a a big part of it is that it does ask you to react to it the way that we did when we were teens. Like it does think that it's biblical. It does think that it has epic scale. So other movies, I think, get elevated to that. And I look and I'm like, wow, the directors must hate their fans, you know, but I don't think that Richard (laughs) Kelly is mad about the world, pun intended. Uh, But anyway,
1: I would say that the movie lives or dies on the Frank the rabbit stuff, which probably was one of the most ridiculous things to read. Like the script, if you're getting this when maybe some of these out there concepts weren't as like popular, like now it's like people want really weird shit, but like page 10, Frank goes to a golf course sleepwalking and sees a man in a (laughs) a giant bunny rabbit suit saying the world will end. Like that's just bonkers. I mean, even just like
2: that poster, it made such a good VHS cover. like the rabbit, and you're just like well, I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, you
0: need that yeah. image stapled to the top of the script like just for just for notice like this yeah. is good for you to know what it looks
1: like. And it's very disturbing and it still like creeps me out and like the way he talks so softly, it's like super creepy. And I remember, Yeah, that voice is great. Yeah, and it's such a great design. I mean, it's it's just like an amazing like visual image of and to have it be this man in a rabbit suit and to have it eventually connect like with Halloween and everything.
0: And he never does anything particularly scary. Like there's only one jump scare in the movie, which is just him still just seeing him stand there. And I think that's, uh, you know, my favorite spooky things are always the things that can just literally stand in plain space and just still have that atmosphere around them rather than having to actually like attack or do anything
1: kind of coincidentally picked it that it happened to be the 20th year anniversary. Cause there's actually been like a lot of oral histories and like yeah. retrospectives around this film. They just did a
2: 4k restoration. Yeah.
1: And so I was reading a lot about it leading up to this podcast and they talked about like the first time they did the, the Frank the rabbit scene and how if this didn't work, the whole movie was not going to work and how like when they put the costume on and like everyone just got so like tense cause it was so creepy. And then he was like, he kind of like breathed a, little, a sigh of relief. It was like, all right, this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a few producers also were like, oh, thank God, this is going to work.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's also just, it is a great Halloween costume. Coming back to costumes, you have a bunch of options from this film to pick from, but Frank the Rabbit is a great one. And it's one. You don't really see like I would kind of pop if I was out at a bar on Halloween night and someone walked in and Frank the rabbit like it, w- it would still be fun. It's it's that type of movie. It's very much of a place and of a time when you watched it and you still get excited for it. I'm not going to be throwing it on randomly or recommending it to people, but it, <laughs> it, it still works. And I think it fits in this playlist as almost a journey from where the kids were in Harry Potter to where kids the kids are now in Donnie Darko there's this mix of hitting ages between when trick-or-treating is cool and you're starting to become a bit of an older kid like it where the ages are where they are in harry potter to now you're not really having real halloween parties yet as an adult where you like want to get drunk and party hard these are still high school kids just wanting to party but they're still too cool for trick-or-treating or or going out they haven't aged up and regressed back into the we need to have a really cool costume drunk party i mean donnie's just wearing a skeleton shirt and a hoodie like
1: he- was he also the first person to popularize the uh the skeleton she- shirt because i felt like every kid that wore that was like the hipster in the group who yeah. wore the skeleton i feel shirt. like that made its
0: round in the 80s a little bit but still yeah. it was it's a vibe it's a vibe. also chris
1: i i'm surprised your roommate who Cody, if you don't know Chris's room, old roommate I should say, was like infamous for his elaborate costumes for Halloween. to yeah. not do a Frank the Rabbit at some point. I'll,
2: I'll send you some. I feel like Frank the Rabbit is almost too simple for him.
1: It's true. You love true. to see the guy come in as Frank the Rabbit,
0: but the one thing I will say, you know, Frank the Rabbit. But I Isaac, will suggest that to him. Yeah, it could work <laughs> with the eye. Maybe that could be a costume. But um, I, I mean, like he the, would do uh, that. He
2: does prosthetics. Like it would be cool if you took the the Frank the Rabbit helmet off and you had the bullet eye oh
0: you think this is cool well not to mention not to mention
1: he did that for a living remove eye oh (laughs) shit i didn't i should have made
2: that connection but that's totally true that's what he does for a living he removes dead people's eyeballs like Oh, it's so on the nose. How did I miss that? That (laughs) bus bus was coming right at me. me. (laughs) Staring at us right in the face. Um,
0: But yeah, I would say like, that's one thing you can never hold against this movie. Like, that's just still cool. That's just a great image. That's just still a great mock-up for that mask. So you never really would hate to see anybody dressed up in that for Halloween. However, I would say, if you ever see somebody roll up their sleeve and there's a fucking Frank the Rabbit tattoo on, you're kind of like, yikes <laughs> you know, like that took up real estate on your yeah. arm oh.
2: although i will i will say speaking of things that happened in donnie darko that have turned into tattoos deus ex
1: machina. oh well, yeah yeah
0: hey yeah. you know <laughs> i'm not blaming the greeks for this okay yeah. you know? also within
1: the chris within has the a deus ex machina
0: tattoo yeah, for the, oh, yeah. <laughs> for the
2: listeners who haven't seen it it is not know. based on donnie darko but when the line came up uh my partner laying on the couch goes oh you've got that tattoo yeah (laughs) i was like i know from
0: adaptation i live with this it's from but i will say piss rex
2: it is the (laughs) tattoo i got when i was 18 so it's not far off from anything else that happens in donnie darko for an angsty just as long
0: as you tell me it's not based off the video game series
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think Um, frank should have gone to therapy instead of donnie if my son's like i'm gonna make this creepy bunny suit for spend like a lot of time drawing I'd be like,
0: uh, yeah, there's room enough for the both of them. (laughs) Well, that's the question I had that I, you know, I don't want to turn this into a discussion of what's kind of a mishandled mental health crisis. But, you know, it is kind of difficult to wedge what we're supposed to feel because like the whole nature of this is like he has had trauma and psychological issues in the alpha universe, you know, just already. And he may have schizophrenic tendencies already. And then we have him becoming in this other universe, obviously going through the motions of figuring out that he has to go back in time and save the day in this weird protracted way. But he has like supernatural abilities to like see the dead before they die in this weird way and everything that manifests itself in a schizophrenic way, but really is like prophecy and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of walked a weird line for me of like, was he always schizophrenic because he always was going to be this person or you know, is this just coincidence that it's like, oh, well, it happened to a schizophrenic person? And then isn't that just ironic that it appears that way, but it's not actually symptoms? That's where I was like, ah, oh, this gets into really messy mental health areas. You know, yeah. and that's kind of how they leave this psychiatrist character. What well, is the 80s? Like- <laughs> yeah. Just throw a pill at him. But yeah, yeah it kind of leaves the psychiatrist like looking at herself like he was right all along. You know, but it's like, ah, uh, you know, is that is that good to Well, say? I if don't know. you
2: haven't seen the director's cut, which oh, I know you true, haven't, true. there is a terrible scene that I'm glad is not in the final film where the psychiatrist reveals that Donnie's just been taking placebo pills the whole time.
1: What the
0: fuck? She was got awful. It. She got was it. Awful... That's tough. That's
2: she
1: tough. not a good therapist. I do
0: remember that.
2: But I will say because I
0: watched the director's cut first, oh, I that's, think, that's a, hard. as a kid, and then I've always downgraded. You rewatch it, you're, and you're like, wait,
2: where's all those title cards that explain yeah, like, what's I going need, on? I
0: need, I need to pause the DVD. I and need to read see the literal
2: pages from the uh, Roberto Roberta Sparrow, Sparrow's book, <gasps> Philosophy, uh, of, time philosophy of Time
0: Travel. Yeah, that's, that'll, that'll help me out. You know, l- less sparkle motion, more textbook reading. Yeah,
2: I will say this might just be. A random fact I'm not sure if it's actually true though is that from reading some things that Richard Kelly might have actually made the director's cut just because they wanted to re-release something on DVD and kind of keep that momentum going on how Mm -hmm. much of a cult hit it was and it was kind of like hey you have some scenes that you cut right let's throw them all in and you wanted those other songs let's move it all around but I don't know if I necessarily believe that because I have seen bits of Southland Tales and so <laughs> that might negate the idea that his director. I'm, a, cut South, I'm a
1: Southland Tales truther. I, <laughs> I I think it is a bizarre, crazy movie. I kind of lump it with like Cloud Atlas, except not quite as good. Uh, yeah. where it's like it's this do very cars ambitious... have sex in
0: Cloud Atlas? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Listen, man,
1: if you're gonna go for it, go for it.
0: Really inspired Jamie's uh, college thesis film. Northwood's stories. You yeah, know? Uh. but and I, I think
2: this is a fun one. I mean, we're having fun rewatching and just chatting about it. It's a fun one for our age group, and I think old, a little older than us too, to come back and rewatch during this type of season and remember a bit when you were a teen and when you first saw this movie and and how you saw it. It just ties into this whole season pretty well, and that's that's what I really liked about it. Just the nostalgia of that. I. I did grow up as a white kid in the suburbs. I didn't last all the way to high school in Catholic school. I got kicked out earlier on, but uh
0: breaking a waterman. Yeah.
2: I I my sheer strength of putting an axe into a pure bronze bulldog really uh <laughs> it scared me them in.
0: away. Ungodly.
2: But it just it just kind of fits with I think our group and and even though it takes place in California, it feels like it could have been the Northeast also. It's just kind of those affluent suburbs feeling that yeah it could
0: be
1: a john hughes suburb too yeah it it, it reads the same way i remember like when we picked this thinking oh this is kind of like a low-key october Halloween film but it's actually like pretty ingrained within the film and it kind of like similar just like the guest like the the first shot there's i just i seriously i remember being like that's just like the guest there's like a signboard saying like oh this will be an important plot and
2: there's an there's an There's an announcement like early on in school that like they're setting up something for the Halloween dance.
0: Yeah, anytime there's a flyer for a Halloween fair or a Halloween dance in the first, let's call it 20 shots of a movie, we got to take a shot or something. I don't know. (laughs) it's, (laughs) It's starting to once you once you see it for the first time, you can't unsee it.
1: Yeah. So it was good to see that. And it was, it, yeah, it kind of just made it even more so like revisiting it, like remembering like, oh, wow, this actually is very much like of the season, even though it it's hardly ever on any, like watch it for Halloween list. So yeah. And I think like it
0: it's just steeped in what yeah.
1: we kind of have defined Halloween to be. Yeah. It's just
0: kind of atmosphere. And I know he wrote it in the 28 days leading up to Halloween. So he was just kind of like, well, I'm in this mood anyway. And I think a lot of that, just kind of seeped its way into it in terms of just the way that it ends up being probably more of a horror movie than it has the right to be paced out a little bit more in a, it for creeps and atmosphere rather than like, let's just yeah. get back to the time travel McFly kind of stuff. The thing that we should continue to keep inventory of is just like how... Each different type of movie portrays what the big Halloween event is in the movie, if there is one. And I think this one is a very good example of like this Halloween night really feels like a Halloween night. Not only is it a good house party with good costumes, but you literally get the Stranger Things shots of kids in costumes on Halloween on bikes with flashlights going to solve a mystery. And I was like, and I love that it's not done up yeah it's just like that's that's the vibe that's like check 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 that's what we're going for here but but
2: i I mean there are you know pretty heavy needle drops in it but it's not it's not screaming we're a halloween movie that takes place in the 80s here's the crazy synth sound when the kids get on the bike it's much more it just happens to be in the 80s Yeah, it feels very lived in yeah like
1: in an actual like and i i think i even when i saw it when I was a kid, I didn't even pick up that it was in the 80s. It was only when I saw it in like college where I was like, oh, this is in the 80s. Like, it just, it's <laughs> when not. When was
0: Dukakis
1: around? You? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I was 11 or whatever, I was like, I don't know what the fuck. Like, is that guy running now?
2: <laughs> I wish. No, anyway. I mean, I don't know still to this day. How does one suck a fuck? <laughs> how does one
0: <laughs> rock us, Dukakis? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the, my last takeaway about it was really just like going back and being happily surprised and why I would recommend this as a good Halloween watch of that mood is still the same watching it. Like I I think it gets wordy, especially if you watch the director's cut, it gets explainy, or the things that need to be explained are just left weird. Just don't watch the director's cut. If you just watch it for either Finding out for the first time if you never caught it or just kind of replugging into that sense of kind of cool dread, (laughs) I guess, is like the mix it's going for. Um, It'll still hit. And I was pleased to see that that still had that impact on me and a lot of the moments still like really shown as they did in the past.
2: The director's cut tries to make it much more a sci-fi movie and much more dealing with time travel. And the theatrical cut makes it much more a teen movie and dealing with Halloween and, and that kind of life. And I do like that the Halloween party feels like such a fun, good Halloween party, but it's not overdone. It doesn't have any crazy music montages or music video moments. There's no big buildup. They just have the party and and it just it just looks like a great time.
1: Going on the, just, you know, I haven't seen the director's cut, but, you know, going along with the ambiguity, I think the ambiguity... I'll, I'll
2: is mail you the-, the disc that I have in my <laughs> box set because I don't want it anymore.
1: I, yeah, just I will take out. it and I will I will break <laughs> it in half. But I, I want to say that I feel like the ambiguity is a huge reason and why this movie is even, we're, we, we probably even saw it or like went out of our ways to see it because this movie like took off because of, you know, kids in dorm rooms getting high and being like, what was it all about, man? Yeah. Like, or, or, or older brothers saying
0: like, not no slide to my older brother. He didn't do this, but just being like, oh, you didn't get it. You know, like yeah. it's all right. It's all there. It's like, it yeah, literally yeah. isn't all there. <laughs>
1: like, come on. And and
0: which works. I think that's
1: Yeah. Which works. And yeah, I think yeah. I got enough to be like, to make an opinion and have a theory about what was going on. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. The, that's the theatrical cut
2: feel. of Donnie Darko is what I want the actual cut of us to be
0: yeah <laughs> just yeah. A hor- i would say halloween movies or horror movies are you know nine times out of ten best done when you can leave it with at least half of it still not being fully explained you know you can just still have that layer of like hellraisers i guess a thing sure you know like oh <laughs> ghosts show up at that place fine because it's just not asking michael myers you to isn't her sister or her brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just it's not asking you to activate that half of your brain it's trying to go into the more primal like just feel this atmosphere and we'll take you for that ride not like quiz you later
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, i had what's, I had a, what's the
0: yeah. living remnants name yeah it's like no 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 director's yeah. cut get i had
2: here. i had a smile on most of the time in this movie it's just it's fun it's nostalgic. it's like when you put on a blink an old blink way to album or something you just you know it you have fun i will say like a small nitpick is yeah some of the effects don't work as well anymore and they definitely should get rid of that eye bulging shot because that is awful yeah <laughs> like, i don't know about bad. that
0: waving uh, or, or finger, beckoning finger yeah, beckoning i was finger. like i looked at it and i was like i wonder if they're gonna do a beckoning finger shot because they didn't do that right and then they did it and i was like oh yeah that's why i remembered that okay got it the astral projection coming out for your future movement is just kind of playfully cartoonish as well i don't mean?
2: mind that but the buggy eyes when the projection of jenna malone's character reaches him is like too much
1: it's it's, yeah. it's bananas it, it looks so bad i don't know how I anyone was like that needs to be in there i was like it, it, this does not work
2: also how do you sleep through evil dead it, immediately but what not a, double, a not, and what a double like bill! We
1: haven't
0: gotten to the fucking co- no. cabin. Oh yeah, and then it's it's last temptation it as the Halloween Christ. double feature. <laughs> last temptation, real spook fest with Harvey Keitel not, as Judas.
2: Not a Halloween watch, I will say. Yeah, I, I you know I did watch it with friends on Easter in college. He is that, risen. Yeah, we we thought it was going to be funnier.
0: Yeah, the Harvey so. Keitel scenes with the with the you know, Caiaphas are worth the laughs. The rest of it is just, uh, you know, for another podcast.
2: So I'm <laughs> going to ask this question. Have either of you seen S. Darko?
1: I, Darko. I remember watching the trailer and being like, yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. So
2: after watching it, uh, Emily and I did put on the trailer for S. Darko and we were both just like, what the hell is this? It, it looks like if Lifetime made the made s darko and then sold it to spike and they're like we need to make this for guys and it's just <laughs> ridiculous like it's so it's Frank so bad the
0: rabbit with big breasts and i it. know that
2: richard <laughs> kelly had nothing to do with it and yeah
0: just kind of like one of those hey production company folded do you want
1: this sure i hope i hope he made some money off it that's the only thing and i hope yeah I he never is. caught it. I he remember he has to have made
2: made some commercials and some other stuff. Some like I, I just want want to know how his like actual financial state is.
1: <laughs> he's good. He's good. You think he's good? I think he's good. And you, I, I do think you bought he, his box set. He's yeah. Good. Enough enough like you know enough college students bought this for sure. I mean, Arrow
2: no, is putting he out also a really made nice four box In two
0: thousand nine, so I think we need to remember Cameron Diaz in the you know Twilight Zone adaptation. Oh, I remember
2: and... seeing that trailer, but I have no idea what that movie was.
0: Oh, it's the one where it's, would you press the box to get a button and get a million dollars? You get a million dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that premise,
1: but yeah. they, they actually, they did it. They he did ca- it, man. He kind of came full circle because this, this movie is almost kind of like, I, Donnie Darko like almost like a more mature Twilight Zone episode. So for him to like, kind of go back and make one later on. like an I can make adaptation. an argument
0: for... Not as mature as a good Twilight Zone, <laughs> episode. but that's me being a Twilight Zone fan, and you know, it's Button it's, Button by Richard no, Matheson. Danny Darko better.
2: is if My Chemical Romance made It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs>
0: Hey they made Umbrella Academy, right? Like we're yeah. good. They they know how to vibe it out. Yeah. Um, I guess I used They got range, like Chris. They got No, attempt, that's that's just
2: Gerard Way. I'm saying the whole attempt band attempt had to come mature, together and write a script okay. and this is what
0: we got. This is what we yeah. got. Yeah, they they're weighed down, so yeah. to speak. But uh no, I
1: I did not see S Darko and um I will I I don't plan to see I think I'll read
0: the Wikipedia synopsis just to see how wild they Just gets, just watch
2: it. the trailer the trailer gives away the whole movie it's like 3 Go. minutes long and it gives away so much and there's just so much ridiculous things happening in it I like I just I have that. no idea what it is I almost wanna watch it as like a let's just like get really high and order tacos and laugh at this movie
1: I mean they did get I'm the same actress yeah. yeah Samantha Darko same Samantha Darko like grown up a little bit as, as dark so. and
2: i do really I mean, want to work on getting my voice more like frank's i like <laughs> voice;
0: it's soothing until it's not yeah you know? i'm but, sorry oh that's good that was good
1: yeah i'm, I'm working jamie has got do, it
2: do yeah. the 28 yeah. days do it dude do it.
1: it's 28 days until the day. no like, you lost what? It. You got <laughs> it it's a, it's <laughs> kind <laughs> of it's a
0: version uh it's a tweak away from uh courage the cowardly dog's Returns. Returns the, wow, you're totally right. It's probably, <laughs> it's, it's, pretty probably much a fucking the same ripoff. Category. It's probably a ripoff. Yeah, or Richard Kelly
1: Direct like wrote it's that all,
0: episode. Courage the Cowardly Dog is the Urtext, guys. Like it's it's all there. That's man. a
2: show I've rewatched and it is way darker than I remembered as a kid.
0: Oh hell yeah, that's it gave me a
1: stomach ache I was up. like,
2: Just... I can't believe it as a child I saw this.
0: Yeah. If there was a feature film, really? we, it would
1: be on this list probably. Yeah, oh, yeah. it would have made it.
0: That'll be our inner intermission. You know, just yeah. watch the Return of the Slab episode.
2: And I mean, this one is a fun one just to spur those random internet holes. You you watch this movie and you start just Wikipediaing and Googling, and you find out, oh, maybe there is a sequel he's working on. Maybe the DP said this or that, like worked on stuff. Some someone I want to know who the editor was who made that first cut, and then I am sure fought with him to cut out some of that more in you know direct stuff. I think the text in the director's cut was added later on but some of those scenes that are cut out work so well not being there
1: i would uh i think i sent it to you guys when we when like i was like oh shit like we're part of the zeitgeist because we were doing this movie um that ringer oral history of donnie darko i really recommend it and anyone listening to read it it is a fun insight into like after watching this film read that and you get some a fun insight into the making of the film and like how a 25 year old was actually able to like get this produced and direct this into existence. That yeah. Really cool will it into existence. And I think above all else, I think we, I appreciate that he was given a shot and he did make something that has endured in a way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's this a is super better unfair ending
0: yeah. for his, I wouldn't call his career over, but like the the trajectory of his career, given his counterparts, in that same time if you want to talk about christopher nolan who was like helpful making this getting this movie a theatrical release in general like you know no one took a real moonshot on him to come back and do something big right after it took like another five years to get scrapped together money to do southland tales which and like
2: never finish it i guess
0: yeah like (laughs) is not really even a full movie and like you know it just i didn't realize he wrote
2: domino in between that period
0: yeah. He, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving a lot the of Tony credit Scott to someone who, you know, had a good first movie, but I no, feel it, like it, there it was just, growth potential.
2: I believe it seems like he, he seems like the kind of director who if you're making this at 25 and you've got a good editor and a good producer on your team who are kind of you know, pulling away some of the stuff. I'll just be on the
1: record that Southland Tales gave us the rock as a movie star. So I think we can all appreciate it. I don't know. That. I think
0: that belongs to the rundown where, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think the rundown is a very interesting part of film history where we dethroned Sean William Scott. And we throned Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And Sean w- William
1: Scott is and in Southland Tales, There's a version Southland of reality. There's
0: a tangent where that's flipped. And Sean William <laughs> Scott is going to be president. <laughs> so, anyway. Just listen to my other podcast on the multiverse. The Sean William Scott multiverse. And I'll explain it all.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's basically what Southland Tales is about. <laughs> <laughs> <That's basically it. laughs> now do I need to watch
0: Domino again? Yeah. The movie's pretty bad.
2: All right. Okay, no. So... How would you guys recommend viewing this movie?
1: I think you just got to get a lot of thought, invite some people over and and let the marijuana like fill in the blanks of the story because the film certainly is not going to do that for you.
0: I think if you have people that you can really remember introducing this to you or people you introduced it to, I think you should watch it with those same people again if you have access to them or at least set up a, a you know, a call after and watch it at the same time, because it would be a funny thing to go over like, oh man, I remember this scene. I remember thinking it was so cool. And now I feel so lame for thinking that was so cool. But I think it's a fun thing to revisit.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not one I would go see a restoration or a big re-screening of at a theater. It is way more fun to re-watch with people who have been like, I remember watching that in early high school and, you know, thinking I was the smartest person in the room. And now you watch it and you're like, <laughs> Shit, man, those parents have it rough, but really well at the same time. <laughs> and like, am I, I voting for Dukakis? I don't know. At this <laughs> point. Yeah, I think definitely people
1: that have already seen it and have a sort of like that same uh, familiar, you know, remembrance of it just to like revisit it together and kind of like laugh and pick it apart, kind of like we've done here, but still appreciate it for what it is and kind of in a lot of ways, like what it did for independent filmmaking in a sense yeah.
2: and i think we only laugh at it because we're more laughing at ourselves when we saw it and how self-important <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. we thought we were back then it's 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 a film that you watch as a reaction on yourself and you can as watching it you feel yourself and the age that you were and how far you've aged and matured and you know the technical aspects of it are still really great the music drops are fun i had big smiles on every time the needle drop came in and and you know you recognize the song and there's some just fun flourishes of cinematography and some pretty restrained filmmaking for someone who had big ideas and crazy stuff in a script and in their mind really toned down a lot of lockdown shots a lot of well-done blocking that could have totally gone awry with a story like this and it's it's just, another
0: 25 year old would have made this a headache and a half to look at and it's just <laughs> not and i agree yeah. with you that 100 percent that this is a reflection movie of marking this watching this probably every 10 or so years would be fun to be like oh, who, who am i looking at now with empathy and like they say too often in this movie and visualize too often in this movie it's really a mirror into yourself i mean i
2: i i don't see any way i'm not gonna be in mary mcdonald's mind from now on for after this rewatch i'm just like wow she is bringing so much weight to this film and just like her tense sitting there drinking wine dealing with like i'm taking on this life because it's the 80s and i'm a woman and you know i probably had dreams that weren't recognized in the rewrites or the scripts or anything but you know i'm here and and doing my part as mom but you know i can't understand one of my kids and the other one wants to be a liberal and maybe i'm a liberal i don't even really care and like (laughs) have her
0: star in the sequel yeah as as she's she's
2: asked in the film people are beginning to doubt her commitment to sparkle motion
0: finally finally got it in there (laughs) i was waiting
2: i didn't know who was gonna get it in i'm but not that afraid scene, anymore <laughs> i laugh a, i laugh that scene still works it's just it's good writing it's fun it works really well And she's to a
0: have, great like dolores umbridge to yeah. tie it together again she's, she's always she's that
1: role that. too she's like she's in it in a little miss sunshine she's always like the almost like Patton shrewd yeah religious
0: one yeah
2: yeah and patrick swayze is great too just fun, yeah.
0: All around, great character. Really hope he gets found out in the alpha, <laughs> in the alpha universe. <laughs> well, <that he's> a <laughs> so we can talk about that. I I do feel man.
2: like at the end, in that you know last long shot and a bit of a montage to the bike ride up to the house, that his choices have now rippled into this universe. That they are connected. That these characters have a bit of either deja vu or foresight or feeling that. Whatever Donnie did in that tangent universe has now affected this one. You get Frank touching his eye, and you get Patrick Swayze's character sitting there crying. and And I think, I don't know if it's you know a moment inside them that they all feel, but this weight for some of them has been pushed further on top, and for others it's been released. But I think that that universe is now completely changed it's I don't think we're back to the first universe. I think we've gone from a and in to into B and now we're on to a B
0: in Chris's version
1: Patrick turns himself in you yeah, <laughs> know he's ready to run. My, no but I had he did, he's not
0: afraid anymore so yeah speak. my
1: yeah. my interpretation was that it was a similar thing that there was like a ripple effect but yeah I definitely hope he gets found out
2: but that's the choice. You know, that's the choice Donnie's making. You know, he he argues in that scene, life isn't black and white. There there are gray areas. You can't just do fear and love. And it's, if I stay alive in this universe, the girl I really like is going to die. And my mom and sister might die on that airplane. Now, I'm not and sure the how, world might how that end. works.
0: I think, that, I think that's yeah. true, too. I
2: might more have more superpowers. I don't know what's going on. But, like, if I don't do it, then uh patrick swayze goes to jail
0: we'll get him we'll get him in the end but yeah I think i'm not
2: sure if they deal with it in Darko. we'll have to check
0: we'll have to check patrick swayze i i don't know if he was around at that point but no
2: um great performance though sadly died too soon
0: oh yeah all-time motivational speaker satire there but how do
2: you get i want to know that meeting like when his agent was like, hey, I got this 25-year-old who wants to pl- you to play a motivational speaker, yet child <laughs> molester, porn,
1: child porn, like hoarder.
0: His response was, but how do I look? And the answer was, oh, you look great. <laughs> like,
1: His yeah. demand was probably, I'll do it so long as the shot in my house has a painting of me with a giant mullet. Did you guys, did you guys notice <laughs> that? Like by the sh- a
0: college sophomore, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, like, oh, really I, I guess painting. before
2: it, he had just... A couple years before had fallen from a horse and had been injured and like his career was like basically in the toilet. No one was putting him in anything. And then this was his, you know, comeback moment.
0: Gotcha. Well, good for him. He he nailed it. I think with this one, I, I have my thoughts on how we might tie into day five, but Chris, what are you thinking would uh be the launch pad hint here for Donnie Darko to Day number five.
2: Why are you wearing that awesome pumpkin suit?
0: You heard it here first. It's trick or treat again, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, re-watch
2: because re-watch. we have to we have to watch it again because we have to go back to the first universe now. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm right, actually gonna right, 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 yeah. Right. I'm I'm actually going to redo This podcast is really going to
0: be 70 episodes long by the end. Now. All right. <laughs> and We're in between excited to reveal what's coming up next. A I'm little pretty bit pumped. little li- bit less thinking required. <laughs> so, we have that to promise a, a, a day off so to speak. But
1: you guys are clowning on this movie and I'm about to like open your world. I'm taking the lead on this one. I'm 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 going to show you why it's great. You're putting
0: this on your back. Putting it on your back. All right.
1: It's exciting. I'll carry it's exciting. It. I'm out for the challenge, but uh, no, this is great. I'm glad we were able to revisit this one. I think it was an excellent choice. So. Definitely,
0: same thoughts. A ton of
2: fun, and a literal countdown to Halloween.
0: What more could we want? We should have done it first. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.